Shannon. And I'm Rami, and this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read or learned to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree, because who has time for that, Shannon? I don't. (laughs) This week, we're talking about something that you've brought up to me a lot. I've seen you post a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited to hear about it. It is the drama triangle. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So drama triangles, man. This is about a pattern in relationship that I can see come up for myself, that I see come up for my clients, uh, that we just need to like break the heck out of in our work environments, in our home environments, everywhere. So, so, so yeah. So why do I want to talk about this so much? Because I really think it's a helpful framework for us to keep in mind to recognize like our default patterning in relationships so we can stop that shiz and not get into a game of drama, drama triangle musical chairs as much. So some background on this. This is a psych concept developed by I think it was Stephen Cartman back in the 1960s. It was first introduced to me by my by my coach a couple years ago. Who I love was it. Lovingly trying to show me where I might be stepping into some drama triangle doo-doo unintentionally. <laughs> so let's start to break this down a little bit. In the drama triangle, there are three rules. Makes sense, right? It's a triangle. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first role that you might find yourself in is the role of the victim. Second is the rescuer. The third is the persecutor. So we're going to go through each of these to give you a sense of how each role plays out. So a victim, as you might imagine, might sound like life is just happening to me. I am so helpless. I can't possibly solve this on my own. Will someone please come and save me? They look like feeling pretty oppressed, pretty powerless, pretty hopeless, and discounting their own abilities to self-solve quite a bit. Um. Mm -hmm. Their job, so to speak, is really to be fearful. And what we're trying to support the victim in becoming is to become a creator, you know, to not see them see themselves as a person that life is just happening to, but see themselves as a person who can actively create in the process. Got it. So the victim like needs the empowerment to know that they can change things. Yes. And create. Yes. Which is maybe a great lead in to the rescuer because some of us really can get on the hook myself included, into wanting to save victims, you know? So, so let's talk about the rescuer a little bit next. So the rescuer sounds like I have to help all of these people because they are not capable of helping themselves. <laughs> and or they might sound a little bit softer than that. They might be like, I have to help all of these people because like I need to martyr myself, you know? Because mm-hmm. like I, I've got so much privilege and ability. Let me just like martyr the hell out of myself to support these poor, poor victims out there in the world, in in my workplace. So it might look like discounting the ability of others, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, uh, and seeking to create temporary relief for that victim at the expense of neglecting their own needs and avoiding responsibility for themselves. That's where I think it really lies, though, is that last part, is avoiding the responsibility for self. Yeah. And we're going to like, oh, I can I can go help all these other people because they can't do it, Shannon. They they don't have the ability to do it. But you know what? I need to help them mostly because I don't want to like deal with my own 
self-responsibility. Totally. And I have so much compassion for folks in the rescuer place. Uh, I joke with clients all the time. I am a professional rescuer working on my amateur (laughs) card. This is for sure my starting gate position. And it was so easy for me. Like if we go back to my corporate roles, like the most vivid example I can think of where I rescued was I had a uh, an employee at one point who had like, I don't know, like screwed up something in the system. And we were supposed to go on this, it sounds weird to say, but like this road trip to uh, a food distribution center, which is Target Corporation. Maybe you were on that same trip. I don't remember. But anyway, she'd screwed this thing up. And so she had to be on her laptop in the back of the bus executing pushes on our way down to Iowa to see this FTC. Shannon, were you ever not executing pushes? I feel like all you guys did was execute pushes. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And like, yeah, it's basically like forcing product to flow to the stores. That's besides the point. The point here is what did I do, right? Guess who was sitting in the back of the bus with her also on her laptop rescuing the shit out of her? Me, 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 me. Like just like frantically pushing product right alongside her. So, yeah. So I'm a professional rescuer working on my amateur status. It is really hard to, like, let people sit in their own shit sometimes. But we just got to do it. So the rescuer is really trying to, like, look or feel, like, morally good or superior even. And their goal is to really become a coach. The irony of that is that lost on me. Like, hey, look, I became one. Uh, Maybe because it was, like, out of necessity to stop from rescuing people all the time. Okay, so so that is the rescuer. Now let's go into the third role, which I think people least commonly identify with, but it is, well, probably because it's a persecutor, you know? Yep. So a persecutor sounds like it's all your fault. They messed it up. They screwed it up. They look like a bully. They can be look like very self-righteous person. They can be frustrated a lot and discounting others' feelings and the value that others can bring to situations. Their job is really to blame other people. And their goal is to become more of like a helpful, productive challenger versus the challenger. They're not, well, they're not really challenging today. They're just blaming today. Okay. Just to take one step back, we've got three. And it sounds like either the blame is internal, right? I'm the victim yep. and this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's pushed externally. It's the prosecutor, right? It's happening. It's their fault you you messed it up yep or we just take the blame out of it completely and they say okay i'm gonna help you do this thing yeah let me save you and, and we're gonna we're gonna let me save you and let me fix you and Ba-da! let me be the rescuer here yeah i joke sometimes with clients i'm like oh i can hear your cape flip flapping in the wind behind you like how do we keep your superhero cape back up on the hook and not fly into the rescue all the time so here's the other thing about the drama triangle right uh, drama triangle is like musical chairs So we can go around and around. And if you are playing any of the roles, I hate to break it to you, honey, but you, if you're identifying with any of the roles, you are participating in all of the roles. You will find yourself in every single one of the chairs. So here's an example. Like you might start out in the rescuer chair, you know, like um, I'm thinking about (laughs) an an, an example that I'll give sometimes with clients is like my mom recently, you know. So my mom calls me up on the phone and she's like, my mom's in her 80s. She's not very technically savvy. She's like, Shannon, I want to order this like charcoal air purifier thing on Amazon and I don't know how to do it. And I can't possibly ask your sister Steph to help me with it because she's so busy right now with three kids. Da, 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 da. My mom is trying to rescue my sister Steph. 
You know, yep. she's like, I got to save her from me and my needs because my sister Steph won't be able to say no. So I'm just not even going to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. So my mom starts out in that rescuer chair. Well, then what happens? She eventually becomes a victim because she's like sitting there thinking, no one will help me. Why won't anyone help me get these things that I need to like keep the air pure and clean for your father? Well, because she doesn't tell us what she needs because she tried to rescue by saving all of us from what she needs. Mm hmm. And then eventually they can become a persecutor because then she'll, again, start to blame and say, like, well, this is everybody else's fault for not knowing what I need and for being too busy to help me. How dare you all have lives of your own? Your poor elderly mother needs help ordering an air purifier on Amazon. (laughs) So can you see how we can start out in one chair, but really we're sitting in all of the chairs, depending on the perspective? If we're in the drama triangle pool, we're in the drama triangle pool, right? Like yeah. we're just swimming from corner to corner. But yes. We're, we're in it. We're in the hot tub. And yes. we're not getting out of that thing unless we choose to get out of it. Totally. So how do we get out of it when we find ourselves in these situations where, where we can identify with like, oh, shoot, I'm in this role or the other person is in a role? We talked, we touched on it early. earlier. We do it through recentering on what is and is not our responsibility, Right. So we have to anchor back to responsibility. So for example, um, it would have been so easy for me in that example that I gave with my mom for me to just like fly into the rescue. I, I live an hour away from my mom. My Most of my siblings live within five or 10 minutes. Be like, mom, it's okay. I'll come out tomorrow and we'll get that air purifier ordered. You know, mm-hmm. that would be me stepping further into it instead of checking in and being like, hey, what's my responsibility in this? Is it, is it truly like my responsibility to fix this for my mom? No, it's not. I can ask her some questions to support her and like finding a solution that's more workable for her in the process. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this tangibly though, through like each role. So uh, how do you take responsibility? The victim needs to shift into becoming a vulnerable creator. So starting to think like a problem solver, starting to take responsibility for what do I want? What steps can I take to get what I want and reflecting on the good things that are going their way to support them and pulling them into that positive direction. So that's how the victim takes responsibility. The rescuer shifts to becoming a caring coach. So they're not taking responsibility for the solution. They are listening, supporting, and encouraging the person to solve their problems versus solving them for them. So asking the person great questions like, what would you like to see happen? What do you think you can do to change this? And setting really clear boundaries. That is so important for rescuers to set really clear boundaries on like what they will and will not take on. So they shouldn't be executing pushes in the back of the They should not be executing pushes in the back of the school bus for their employee. Just, just, just a thought. We're just going to maybe put that out there that you might be a rescuer if you find yourself doing things like that for your employees sometimes. Um, okay. And then the persecutor, what could the persecutor change and shape shift into? The persecutor can become an assertive challenger. So using their uh, <laughs> firm communication skills to firmly but fairly approach people to ask for what they need without putting others down and to address the consequences of their actions as they set boundaries. Can you, this is the one I think is the hardest, right? Like the yeah. the victim I get, right? Because you go from that victim mentality to, to a vulnerable creator, right? Like you want to start to become a problem solver. What do I want? What steps can I do to get what I want? I get yes. that. Yes. Rescuer into caring coach, I also get, right? Like stop doing 
and empower others to do, right? Yes. Like empower them. This one I don't get. How do you become an assertive challenger that isn't prosecuting? Yeah. So a, a question that I'll go to a lot with clients that I wonder if they're in the persecutor role is to ask them to check in on what role they're playing in this, how they contributed oh. to this, you know, because that really can take them out of it a little bit to be like, oh, shoot, maybe I did actually contribute to this problem that I want to say that everybody else contributed to. And from that place, then they soften a little bit to then recognize, like, how can you use the good of your ability to like assert that things are broken and that but but also own some of why it might be broken to then challenge the status quo of that situation. Got it. So it's really about I can I can help us ask hard questions without putting blame on any one specific right. person. Right. But help us like move forward through this situation. Yes. And sometimes to get a persecutor into that zone, they first have to recognize how they are contributing to the problem. Got it. So it's almost like, hey, Shannon, like you keep blaming Rami for this thing. Yeah. We need to stop blaming Rami and then help us understand how we can get to the bottom of these things. But we got to like not blame anybody for the situation that we're in. Yeah. So like, let's make a story up, you know, so like you and I in podcasting, right? Like I could be like, okay, so for example, in podcasting together with you, I could turn you in, I could persecute you and be like, Rami, it's all your fault that I'm not putting the social media posts on time. This is all true. Because like, you're not like getting your stuff done in so much time. And and, and that's like condensing my time. None of that is true, by the way. But then I have to think about how, how am I contributing to the problem? Oh, I'm contributing to the problem because like, I don't know, maybe I'm not being accountable to like getting my stuff uploaded for Rami to mix the audio together in a timely fashion. Or maybe I'm not being super accountable in setting aside time on my calendar to actually work on our social media posts. <laughs> so it's about me first recognizing how am I, how could I be a part of the solution Yep. And how am I contributing to the problem so that then I can turn it around a little bit? Okay, I get this one now. So it's mostly like, oh, I'm I'm wanting to blame someone else yes. for the problem that we're in, for yes. the drama that we've gotten to. Yes. But in that situation, I should step back and say, well, how did we actually get here? Yes. And then where I think, so persecutor and victim are really similar in that way, right? They're, they're like, it's it's somebody else. It's not me. Somebody else has got to fix it or it's somebody else's problem that we're here. The difference is that the victim just kind of shuts down and the persecutor <laughs> like, flipping persecutes people. So how do we turn that persecuting into something positive by becoming an assertive challenger? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So what do we want you to take away from this episode? First, I think asking everybody to notice what is your quote starting gate role. So what is the role that you most often go to first? Example, I'm a starting gate rescuer, Rami. Same. Yeah, you also identify as a starting gate rescuer. Uh, So that you can be sensitive to knowing that that's typically where you enter drama triangles. So you have to watch out for those behaviors. The second, what are signs that you're in that place? Sometimes I talk with clients about like that you got hooked, you know, that like the superhero cape came off the hook and hooked you and now you're flying into the rescue. Mm -hmm. You got to watch out for those. And third, how can you anchor back to responsibilities? What is yours and what is not yours to take on to get unhooked? 
And then remember that every role is ultimately a victim role, right? So like, you don't want to play any of them, even that appealing one of the rescuer where we can think like, oh, but I'm doing the quote, right thing, and I'm saving everybody else. You're not if it's turning you into a victim, which it usually is. So we should take Edna Mode's advice. No capes. I'm like, who is Edna Mode? The designer from The Incredibles. Okay, no yeah, capes. we should take his advice. No capes. Her her advice. No capes. His Her advice. Okay, no capes. Edna. Oh, I hear you now. That's so funny. T just got that doll yesterday. Now I'm going to have to go watch that movie. No capes, darling. <laughs> no capes. All right. So we hope this ep- episode was helpful. Again, victim, persecutor, rescuer. Keep in mind, what role are you in? How can you step out of it? Anchor back to responsibility in those moments. I love it. Thank you for walking us through this drama triangle. I feel like I used to want to be a victim. Now I'm a vulnerable creator. I feel like maybe I was a rescuer. I got rid of that cape. I'm a caring coach. <laughs> and I was a persecutor. But now I'm, I'm just assertively challenging everyone. Nice. Look at you, Rami. <laughs> so right. we would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the drama triangle. Any more questions you guys have about it? Yeah, it's a big concept. Connect with us on Instagram at Workplace Hugs. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Thanks for listening. I've been Rami. I've been Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs.